You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Who's scruffy looking? We're back on The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. And uh, something special we're going to do this week is to get to know uh, somebody that's uh, doing one of those jobs that a lot of people would love to have. And uh, that's being a player agent and what the ins and outs of that job are, how you get to be a player agent. Uh, and to do that, we're going to chat with uh, Jerry Johansson from the Sports Corporation. Uh, Jerry, welcome to The Pipeline Show. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Thanks for having me on. A uh, pleasure to get a chance to speak with you. And I know I, I'm guessing there are you know busy periods of uh, of your season, uh, your career, uh, you know, in, in a year on in a calendar year, and downtimes. But I'm thinking, you know, opposite of uh, the players, July is probably a pretty busy month for you. Would that be uh, safe to assume? Yeah, it's a little busy. If you see my voice is a little uh, might be cracked <laughs> that I've lost it at times. So that's a bad sign. But, uh, or a good sign. It means you're busy. But yeah, the summers actually are pretty busy for us. It's, uh, you know, at least in the winter, our players are all scheduled. Yeah. So everybody's sort of on track. And, uh, the summers, you know, everything from, uh, you know, the free agency to getting your contract signed to every camp in the world is going on, you know, Hockey Canada, all those things. So, you know, there's a lot, uh, the summers are there's a lot of balls in the air. And right now you're, uh, out on the West Coast, correct? Yeah. We're having a camp. We had a camp in Edmonton. Uh, last week, uh, and now we're here in Vancouver, so we have a, a small camp here. So just to bring our young guys in and get them under one roof, and you know, do a little training, sort of spend some time with them. So it's they're 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 pretty productive. Well, people can go to uh, the uh, the Sports Corporation's website, it's the sportscorporation dot com, and uh, one of the buttons you can click on on the toolbar is the client list, and uh, people can scroll up and down that, and it lists all the NHL guys. But you're not just representing NHL players. There's lots of of junior and college guys that uh, that you guys take care of too, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. We have a pipeline, just like you guys. So we <laughs> we have a. I mean, really, it's like you know we we're. I guess what happens with young players, if you're a good player, there's a lot going on. You know, it happens at a really young age. Uh, you know, anybody who's been through this with their son is you know as aware. You know, from the Bantam draft, really is the, the big kicker. So that's a pretty intense time, and you're making decisions about your future, whether you're going to go to college or go play junior. So. You know, there's a lot on your plate, and that's really what we're there for. Uh, like I use the term family advisor is probably a more accurate term to describe what we do. Um, you know, so yeah, but we're we're working with you know, our, we have a, a really solid group of old fours, as for an example, even a couple old fives that we have on board. So, you know, everything we do on a handshake basis for years until you know NHL contract time. But yeah, there's a lot of work with our young players. Well, that was going to be one of my questions too: is when the financials uh, aspect comes for. The family. I mean, if I if I do have a kid, but uh, he's he's not a big hockey guy. But if I or if he was, and I wanted to start talking to to agents, when does that start costing me? So you, you it's not until they start turning pro. Yeah, it doesn't go. I mean, there's different models. I mean, I think other other groups do different things. But in in our case, yeah, we we don't charge our families anything. It's just a, it's just a fee for what they or what we negotiate when they earn. So mm-hmm. you know. Like I said, most of our players don't get to that level. Generally, uh, we we do have a, a, a solid group that seems to get there every year to the NHL. But uh, there's so many opportunities for young guys now. Like it's, there's really no downside. So, you know, whether you're you know playing at U of A or playing in Europe or you know, there's all all sorts of opportunities out there that don't include the NHL. And obviously, that's the big one. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a good time to be a hockey player. Well, a number of players are recognizable names. I mean, some of the best players on the planet uh, are clients of the sports corporation, guys like Carey Price and Braden Holpe. And, and, well, there's a rather extensive list. As I scroll up and down the page of, of players you represent, one of the things that jumps out at me is not just that they're good players, but they're good human beings as well. And I wonder if, 
Colton Parake was a, another perfect example. I mean, there's lots of guys on this list that are not just good players, but are recognized as being good human beings. Is that uh, almost a um, uh, one of the, the boxes you have to check off to be a client of uh, the sports corporation? Do you kind of zero in on those guys? Do you want to make sure that you have good players and good people? Well, I can tell you, I, I say for sure we're really lucky. Our guys are unbelievable guys. Like, they really are, and their families are just solid. And, uh, you know, I, I think... I think it's just been part of the nature of hockey. You know, it's hard to be a hockey player without being part of a family. You're driving to the rink. You know, someone's driving to the rink all the time, and you're you know on the road a lot. And so I think it's sort of the nature of the business is it sort of you know brings out the best in guys. And and I think we're just extra lucky with the character of guys that we have. So I'm not sure how come we ended up with all those good players like that and good characters, but I'm not going to question it too much. I'm just really happy. Oh, a great story this year with uh, Colt Breco winning the Stanley Cup for sure, and uh, one of the one of the nicest guys anybody could ever uh, come across. That's for sure. Uh, another aspect of uh, the, your client list: a lot of Europeans as well. And I, I wonder how is that a challenge for you because you're based over here, uh, but you have a lot of um, uh, partners that are uh, based over in Europe too. Correct? Yeah, actually, the European model works good for us because we have uh, our partners in Europe, uh, especially our Finnish partners. Uh, we have our young Swedish goalie here, actually. Uh, Jesper Wallstad, uh, he's a late O2, so he's uh, in Vancouver now with us. But we have uh, the groups, our partners in the country, so Sweden or Finland or Slovakia. You know, they're really you know communicating with the families and working with young players. We don't get involved so much until they turn pro. So it's a little bit of a different business model for us, but it's 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 also a very effective one. Well, interesting you, you bring him up, and I was going to get to things like the CHL import draft a little bit later, but since you, you brought up Jesper Wallstead, he's drafted by, I believe it was the Moose Jaw Warriors. Uh, that, that's correct, right? Moose Jaw drafted him? You're correct. Yeah, they're here. They're going to come in and meet him. We're going to actually sit down with Moose Jaw on Monday. So, I mean, he's not, he, he's a, he's a committed. He's got a, a great spot in Lulia in northern Sweden right. that he's committed to, but I think Moose Jaw certainly wants to sit down and talk about Moose Jaw, which is a great spot, and uh, sort of educate him to, what that opportunity might look like. So whether that's for this year or next year or, or whatever, we'll, we'll drill down on that on Monday. Well, we've always heard that the, the CHL import draft is less about drafting the best player available, but drafting the player that you've, uh, uh, that the, the team has gotten assurance from the, the agent or the player himself that he's willing to come over. So it's a little bit more of a, a, a recruitment almost than, a, than an actual draft. From your perspective, from the agent's perspective, what is how does the import draft work out? I mean, how many teams do you talk to uh, leading up to the import draft about? Will this guy be willing to come over and play for us? Yeah, there's, you know, it it just changes. It's 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 really hard to pin it down, frankly. Like, you know, it just depends. That a lot of the Europeans have good spots to play. Like, uh, the, especially the Finns and the Swedes are they you know they have pretty solid uh, development program over there. Uh, you find more Czechs and Slovaks want to come over, at least in my experience. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a little tricky, you know, if you, and, in, and now they've changed the rules so you can't trade picks and different things like that. So, you know, the, it, uh, you know, if you have a good player and also too, generally speaking, if we, if it's one of our guys, we prefer him to be in the West so we can keep an eye on him because mm-hmm. we know everybody in the West and, you know, it's a little easier for us to, to track them as opposed to Quebec. So yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot of moving parts, but it is tricky because some of these, like Jesper, has a really great spot in in, in Sweden, so he's interested in hearing about Moose Jaw. But it's really, you know, there's a lot of fifty-fifty moves at the uh, nowadays at the at the import draft time. And I would assume the player then comes to you and says, "What's your opinion? What do you think I should do?" 
Yeah, we talk about it. We're, I mean, really, like in anything that we do with our guys, it's always up to them what they want to do. But we're there to educate them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and again, it depends on the team. It depends on the opportunity. It depends on what they're walking away from. So, you know, it, it, it's interesting. And I think that, you know, for some players, it's a great move, you know, to come over here. And you, we've seen that over the years, you know, all the good imports that have, have done well here. So, you know, it's certainly well regarded in the hockey world in terms of coming over and playing the CHL or the Western League. You know, but uh, but again, it's very player specific. Jerry, if if uh, you know, as a media guy, and I'm looking at a, a European player, and I, maybe I want to book him as a guest on the show, I have no idea who to contact in terms of who's his agent. Um, do do the WHL GMs or the CHL GMs have sort of a a list of okay, this is this is a sports corporation guy, or do do they call you and say who who are your guys in Europe, or how does that work? Yeah, generally, we'll we'll provide the teams with our list of players. And we try to give them, you know, accurate guidance. So this guy's for sure coming over or like Jesper, you know, really good player. That'd be the thing. You take a guy for sure that's coming or you take a guy like Jesper who, you know, it's, it's maybe 50 50, but, but he's such a good player. If you were to get him, it really would impact your organization. So, you know, we just try to help the teams figure out their risks, their, you know, figure out their risk tolerance and, and uh, try to give them an accurate least assessment of what their chances are. Jerry Johansson uh, from the Sports Corporation, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. We're going to get to know uh, him a little bit and his background, how he got into uh, being an agent. Maybe that's where we'll pivot to now. Jerry, uh, what is your background? Because I'm sure there isn't just one way to become a, a sports agent. So for you, how did it work? What was your path to be where you are? Yeah, well, I kind of stumbled into it. I, I Basically, when I was done playing, I started coaching at a really young age, uh, and then I you know, sort of after a couple of years of coaching, I sort of became an assistant general manager for, for the Tri-City Americans uh, when they first moved down to the States from New Westminster. So I was recruiting players at that time. We were pretty aggressive. I was probably getting about one player for every 20 I recruited. So I was, uh, you know, but I was, it wasn't from lack of effort. And then uh, I ended up meeting a, um, a, a good friend of mine, Rich Winter, who, uh, you know, had a business, a really good business here in Edmonton. Uh, with mostly Czech and Slovaks. So we had Dominic Hasek and Peter Bondra and sort of like at that time, the Czechs, the Czechoslovaks were coming over sort of in full force and Rich didn't really have any Canadian guys. So I just uh, met with Rich and we started a, a, a partnership and yeah, I just sort of went from there. So my background really is hockey, hockey centric, uh, you know, and then you just basically become an expert in the, in the world of hockey recruiting and personalities. And it's just a big network. So that's really the, the 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 route I took. Now, does everybody have to go to law school if they if they want to be an agent? No, not at all. Actually, yeah, I mean, there are lawyers in our business, and there's accountants in our business, but really, it's a it's 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 really a hockey business. It's about leverage, it's about networking, it's about understanding, you know, sort of the 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 needs and wants of teams and player evaluation and and you know setting expectations, all those types of things. So the legal work is pretty much done by the NHLPA set out in our collective bargaining agreement and uh we, we do some legal work but mostly around like uh you know endorsement deals right. things of that nature but it's a good background to have so good. if you're if you had a legal background it wouldn't hurt you yeah that's for sure when you're talking to uh to, to families and parents of uh you know a, a 14 or 15 year old and they're they're just kind of kicking the tires on what they should do for the future what are the what are the most common questions that, that you get asked all the time well generally uh you know, what's funny, because when I first started, you know, we were, there was really no information. So we'd sit down and talk about, you know, about a team or about what, what we knew about their son or about what 
people were thinking about their son and it was sort of like, wow, you, you have this information for us. Now the problem is if there's a problem is there's too much information out there. Hmm. You know, there's so much, you know, floating around. So generally what we're, I mean, every family is different, but we're there just to sort of focus everybody on the things that are important and try to, you know, eliminate the chatter and, and all the other excess and allow people to enjoy the process because it can get a little stressful, you know. And so, you know, it's just it's just about having fun and you're being evaluated and everybody's got an opinion and everybody's connected to a team. So, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of opinions out there. And so, you know, our job is we do our own evaluation. Every player has a track that they need to follow that's specific to them. So basically, we just sort of help families get organized and focused and and I think once you if you do that properly, sort of the rest of it takes care of itself. And every every player eventually is going to have to make a, a you know a career choice, major junior or or the college route. And I've always maintained that uh, neither is perfect for everybody. Uh, there are guys who play college that probably shouldn't have gone the college route. There are guys who play in the WHL who probably would have been better off going uh, to the NCAA. Uh, I'm sure you get asked that all the time. Which is the best? Do, do you, what do you tell people? Well, I would agree with you 100%. Yeah, there's, I mean, certainly both have real positive, you know, benefits depending on what, what your goals are. And the Western Hockey League obviously done an awesome job over the years of, of really tightening up on every aspect of their business model, especially the education part. So it's really hard to say no to the Western Hockey League if you're a good player because it's just the opportunity is, is right there right now. And, you know, it's, it's just hard to beat. There's not a lot of downside, you know. And so generally our college players, are guys that maybe missed the first wave a bit, you know, the Bantam draft, they're not, you know, at the front of that line, like Colt Preco. Yep. And they, you know, they need a little more time and they get, they get, you know, connected with a junior A team and then they sort of take that route, you know, but, but not, not necessarily all the time. So, but that's one of the big things that we do with our families is talk about the two options, you know, about what your goals are and, uh, and sort of help them, you know, figure out which direction's best. Another player would be uh, like Carson Susi would be a, uh, another example of a guy uh, went the college route and has had success now with the. Uh, I think he's still with the Minnesota Wild organization, isn't he? We're working on his deal right now. Yeah, <laughs> he, is. he just came out of entry level deal, and funny you mentioned him, but he's doing really well. He's played two years in pro and had four years in Duluth, which is a great program. And uh, I think Carson wouldn't change one thing if he had to do it over again. I think he did it exactly correct. All right, so what what's the biggest challenge for a player? I mean, have you ever had a a family that said no education is we need him to get, to have that education? You almost have to educate people on you know the WHL scholarship. The, you mentioned the University of Alberta and, and going that route after uh, junior career is done if they don't get a pro deal right out, out of the uh, the Western Hockey League or uh, out of the CHL. That there's there are other options. There's a lot of misconceptions out there on both sides of the border. Yeah, I mean the the one thing about the Bantam draft is that really flushes out, you know, the, for the for the for the you know the top players. It, it certainly there's a, it's information overload. So I would say if your son's a you know one of the better players in in the Bantam draft, you have every piece of information you could possibly have. So you know they've changed the college rules a little bit, but the colleges use us to communicate with players as well because they're you know they have certain rules. So you know, to getting in touch with players is a little bit more difficult. We understand their business, what what opportunities they have. So, you know, we're really there to, to show people both sides of that coin. And, uh, but it comes together pretty quick. It's just, it's just so depends on the family, but yeah, it's, you know, and, and, and then to be fair, the players usually make the decision moments that are pretty important, but uh, I'd say 99% of the time it's the player that ultimately decides. 
Well, and you used the, uh, we, we talked about Colton Preco before, and you used the term family advisor. When you're representing him, you're a family advisor while he's, you know, playing in, in Alaska at Fairbanks. But what, what's the difference of how you handle a player like that, what you can and can't do compared to a guy like, say, uh, I don't know, Brent Seabrook when he was in the WHL. What could you do for Brent that you couldn't do for Colton and vice versa? I would say on the surface, not much. It's pretty much, it's almost identical. I mean, we could bring with, with a junior player, we could, you know, if they, we get them sticks or we could bring them into Edmonton and put them in a camp and different things. And basically, uh, for your eligibility sake, generally what we do for our college players, we just have charge them, uh, you know, for things that we do, nominal fees for our services, just, you know, things like that. And so, but generally speaking, it's almost identical. You're allowed to have an advisor. You're allowed to do a lot of things, but you just need to pay for it. You can't get stuff, you know, a lot for free. So, um, but, but other than that, it's on the surface, you wouldn't, you couldn't tell the difference. A lot of people would love to have your job and, and everybody thinks it's, uh, you know, the, the greatest job in the world. I'm sure you have a lot of fun, but, uh, it's, I, I imagine there are difficult parts of your job too. What are the challenges that you face on a regular basis that, that would be frustrating for and, and important for people to know who want to get into your business? Well, it's, first of all, it's a pretty cool business. I will say that <laughs> I have no complaints. It's pretty fun. It keeps you young. I mean, your players just keep getting younger. I don't know how that works. Maybe I'm getting older, but <laughs> it's, uh, it keeps you on your toes and it's, and it changes like, you know, I've seen cycles over the years, probably over 25 years, you know, the, the business changes from how players come into the business to how the NHL works to, you know, all those things. So, you know, it's, it's, it keeps you on your toes. Um, I just think generally speaking is expectation. I mean, what you have is really competitive people in a, in a, in a pretty high pressure business, you know, where you're being evaluated constantly. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, people want to win. So it's, that that's the fun part, but it's also the pressure part. You know, how do people, how do you deal with that stress? How do your clients deal with expectation? How people handle failure? Cause that's a big, big part of our success is dealing with failure, you know, cause you're not always, you don't win every game. And you know, the, the road, the journey to the national hockey league isn't smooth. It's bumpy. You know what I mean? There's setbacks and there's all kinds of things. So I think that's one reason why our most successful players are of such high character because it does require, you know, you to be tough and to be able to handle stuff and, you know, to have a support group around you, your family that, that, that understands that it's not a, you just don't fly up to the top. It's, it's a grind. Even if it looks like success on paper, it's still a grind, you know, it's fulfilling, but it's also, you know, those are, those are some difficult times for players when they're struggling. And, and as you mentioned, not every player that you represent ends up in the NHL and you, you got to be finding places for guys to, to play professionally in Europe or in the, in the ECHL or the American Hockey League. Uh, when, when a guy comes out of junior and maybe doesn't have that, that pro contract awaiting and, or maybe has an option to go play in the ECHL or to use his scholastic package uh, from the WHL or, or whichever CHL league, is, is that a, a tough choice sometimes for players? Cause they don't want to, they don't want to give up their dream, but maybe sometimes thinking that you're going to go play U sport, it feels like you're doing that, but there, the number of players coming out of the U of A, for example, uh, is starting to increase. It's not necessarily the end of your, your playing career. Well, not at all. I'm glad you mentioned that because we, I'm a big, we push our guys hard to, uh, Canadian colleges after junior, really hard. It's like we're, we, you know, it's just, it's such a good option. They've earned their scholarship and, you know, it's, they, they can get something out of their hockey. And so, you know, to, to not do it is you have, we're, we're, we're pretty tough on them. We, we sort of, I'm not going to say we make our guys go, but we really, really push them if they're not uh, ready for pro. 
And, uh, you know, so, but I do think the system sort of, I mean, you know, the path along the road sort of defines your next step. So by the time you get there, you sort of know you're not going to get a contract, you know, through the draft, different drafts and different situations. I mean, you're certainly, if you're in the Western League, you're getting evaluated every night. There's scouts mm-hmm. at every single game. So, you know, the process itself sort of, you know, helps define your next step. You know, so it doesn't really, it doesn't sneak up on you. Let's put it that way. So, but, but yeah, the college, the, the playing college hockey is such a great opportunity for these guys. We we're, we're big fans of it. Well, and I've always said, you know, the ECHL isn't going anywhere. It'll be there for you if, you know, you're done playing your four or five years of, of U sport, uh, and want to go that route afterwards. But why would you pass on that, uh, academic scholarship package, uh, from the Canadian Hockey League? Uh, but I met, is that, can that be a tough sell to, to players at times? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I mean, it, 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 it's again, it's up to them what they want to do, but you know, and some of our guys just aren't built for school, so they're just not going to go to school. I understand that too. Right. Now, you know, school isn't for everybody, you know, so, you know, but, but we sort of know who those guys are. And uh, like you say, they, there's lots of places to play. We got guys in Denmark and France and there's all kind of Italy. There's all kinds of places to play. And you're certainly just as uh, qualified after you come out of U of A to do that as you are, you know, at 21. So, you know, either one works. And like I said, for some guys, school just isn't an option, you know, totally respect that. So in that case, we sort of get them along the path of pro hockey somewhere. Uh, but, but we do encourage the, the college route since you've already earned it. And it's a, you know, and it's highly competitive too. So it's not like you're getting, you're becoming a worse hockey player by playing a U of A by any means. Jerry, I, I wonder, do you have an opinion on the, the CHL lawsuit, uh, that, or the lawsuit against the CHL, uh, about, um, being paid minimum wage and, everything around that do you have a, a sense on where that's headed and and uh what you would like to see as an outcome yeah i mean i have been part of the chl for my whole life basically so i i do have a pretty strong opinion i I'm just a big fan of the way that the league has has uh continued to evolve you know and i think it's a really great program for kids i think it's uh you know i i think like anything there's always things you can improve but i find that the teams are and the league is very open to suggestions on what they can do better and what they should do. And I think they've just made huge strides. So I'm not a big fan of, of that process. I understand it. Um, you know, personally, I think the, you know, the, the league, the opportunity for kids is pretty, is pretty cool. And uh, I sort of like it the way it is. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Very good. Jerry, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, best of luck the rest of the summer, uh, getting uh, more contracts for your guys. I know it's a uh, never ending uh, and uh, a lot of your players have been in the news, Sebastian Ajo, for sure, uh, making headlines here in the last uh, week or so. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Anytime. That is uh, Jerry Johansson of the Sports Corporation. Uh, appreciate his time here in the off season, which really it would be the his busy season as uh, so many uh, items in the news over the last... I mean, just think of Sebastian Ajo and the whole offer sheet thing, which... I know there's probably people who wanted me to talk about that uh, a bit, but it's not an NHL show, so sorry. But I hope you got your questions answered. If you were, uh, you know, one of those people who was always like, ah, how do you become a player agent? That would be such an awesome job, and I'm sure it would be. And that's why I wanted to get Jerry on the show to uh, chat a little bit about what a player agent does and uh, get his take on some of the hot button topics as well, like the class action lawsuit against the CHL. I was actually I didn't know what his answer was going to be, and. Uh, uh, the fact that he thinks uh, it, it doesn't need to happen either. Uh, pretty interesting moving forward. That wraps up this week's episode. Next week on the Pipeline Show, you're going to hear a conversation that I have uh, scheduled with uh, Gilles Courteau, the 
the commissioner of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Lots to talk to him about. I have lots of questions. If you have questions, let me know on Twitter. At TPS underscore Guy is my Twitter account. I've already posted the notice that he's coming on the show and uh, looking for your feedback. It'll be another Ask the Commission uh, segment on the Pipeline Show. Plus, I asked uh, you which other league you would like to uh, learn more about, and I'll try to, uh, I'll endeavor to get the, the leader of that league on the uh, the show as well. Uh, some uh, requests for the SJHL, the SIJHL, another junior A league in Canada that uh, has very few teams. Uh, could be interesting to learn more about that league, though. Uh, obviously, a uh, request for the USHL, the NAHL, a couple of different conferences in the NCAA. You, you can let me know, though, and uh, I'll see what I can do. Also, before we go, I wanted to say thanks to everybody who has signed up at patreon.com slash show. You can hear most of the interviews that you hear on The Pipeline Show are uh, available in an early access uh, bonus uh, for people who do sign up to be patrons. A couple of bucks a month is all it takes. And you can get all, all the content on The Pipeline Show uh, before anybody else at patreon.com slash show. A couple more weeks to go here in uh, Season 14 of TPS, and then Season 15 will start in August. The first show in August looks like I'm going to be away for the uh, the first week of August, as our family's got a, a camping trip in southern Alberta planned. So the last show of Season 14 will either be the weekend ending uh, of July 26-27 in there, uh, or the the long weekend, what is a long weekend here in Alberta at least, the weekend of August 2nd, 3rd. Uh, following that weekend, I'm going to be gone for a week. Um, so there might be a week with no pipeline show in August, but then when we come back, hard and heavy with the uh, Holinka Gretzky Cup, the uh, Summer U20 Camp, and then uh, right around the corner, the uh, CJHL training camps open, the uh, training camps in the Canadian Hockey League and here in the WHL. Uh, so we'll get back to the hockey on the ice in August, but uh, a couple of weeks to go, two, three weeks to go still in Season 14. And we'll be back next week with Gilles Courteau and more. Until then, keep sending me your questions for the commissioner and uh, anything else you might want to hear on the Pipeline Show through July. Once again, my name is Keith Flaming. Thanks, everybody. See ya.